I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to Him, and He answered my prayer. I looked to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Do you ever find yourself at the end of a book, end of a movie, end of a song, wishing that you knew the rest of the story? I don't know about you, but I love those movies that have the great ending and they lived happily ever after. Why? Because it tells you that the rest of their life was great. Everything was fine. There was no more tragedy. There was no more sorrow. There was just a fantastic ending. And I really like those movies where at the end, they kind of give you a summation of what happened to the characters in the movie. If you've ever seen the movie, Remember the Titans, it's based on a true story. And they give us the rest of the story of the real life characters. One of my favorite movies of all time is the fictitious movie, That Thing You Do, Tom Hanks, talks about the wonders, the Oneaters, as they had the song, That Thing You Do. And at the end of this fiction movie, they let you know what happens to the characters after the movie is over. Then there are those movies and books that get a sequel, and I love a good sequel. Have you ever wondered what happens sometimes to characters that are in songs? I mean, some songs need a sequel. Did George ever make it to Amarillo by morning? <laughs> I want to know. Did Jolene ever come and take Dolly's man? I, I, I got to know that. Did Billie Jean ever find out who the baby's daddy was? Okay, okay maybe I, did I cross the line there, but I, I just want to know. Whatever happened to Jack and Diane? Tommy and Gina were living on a prayer, but what happened? Did he ever get a six string out of Hawk? I want to know that. I need to know these things. Whatever happened to Jesse's girl? I found out. Jesse's girl is actually Stacy's mom, and her name is Jenny, and her number is 8675309. See, some songs on your mixtape need a sequel. Some songs need a sequel. Last week, we talked about uh, beginning in Psalm 120. We kicked off our series, Mixtape Volume 1. If you wasn't, weren't with us, there are 15 psalms in the Bible that are dubbed the songs of the ascent. And these songs form what I'm referring to as a mixtape. You could call them a hymnal. You could call them a songbook. And they were used by the people who went to Jerusalem for three annual feasts, the Passover in the spring, the Pentecost in early summer, and tabernacles in the autumn. And the pilgrims sang these songs together as they journeyed in family groups to Jerusalem. And this helped to focus their minds on what the Lord had done for the nation. Psalm 120, verse 1 says, I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. If Psalm 21 was the opener, then Psalm 121, well, it's the sequel. Psalm 121, I looked up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Why don't you pull out your notes this morning and follow along with me. If you want to follow along online, you can go to connectedhope.com and click the Bible link app. The first question I have for us this morning is where does our help come from? He says, I looked up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Now, Jesus, if you go back to his life, he came into Jerusalem during the time of Passover. It's very possible that he actually sung this song on his way to Jerusalem. One of the songs of the ascent, and in the NIV it reads like this, I lift my eyes up to the mountains, where does my help come from? Where does my help, where does our help come from? See, the Israelites were not looking at a physical location to be their source of help. They were looking at the mountains symbolically. People look at a lot of different places for help. They may even ask the question, where does my help come from. Some people look to government to be their source of help. Some look to their family and their friends to provide the necessary support that they need. Some turn to colleagues or trusted friends to provide wisdom. Others relied on paid professionals to help them navigate their struggles. Some out of privacy turn to self-help books and television personalities to dissect their issues. And far too many turn to substance to numb their pain. So where does our help come from? Our help comes from the creator. Write that down today. Our help comes from the creator. Now he says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help. He answers his question. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The creator, the maker of heaven and and earth, he created all things. The very opening line of the Bible in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God did what? He created. The first descriptive word about God was that he created the heavens and earth. Years ago, I was on staff at a church as a youth in worship. And the sound system at our church was, was outdated, and it was, it was time to replace it. We were doing some remodeling and inside the church, and, 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 and so it was time to replace the old sound system. And I was the liaison for the church working with the sound company. So someone in the church came to me, and they said, Pastor, we think that, you know, why, why do we need the new sound system? Why, why, do you, why do we need to spend money on this sound system? And I feel like the Lord gave me a little bit of wisdom in this moment for a young uh, late 20s, early 30s uh, youth and worship pastor. So I explained it like this. Ever so often you buy a new car, right? What we tend to do is we buy a car, and once the warranty expires, we begin to have our friends, our shade tree mechanics, work on those cars and those vehicles. And at some point... You have to go back to the dealership, and you got to buy a new car. I then said, we've had this sound system for over 20 years with shade tree mechanics fixing the problems of one, which I was. <laughs> and I said, it's now time to buy a new car. It makes sense, right? I mean, think about that. We don't buy a car 
and take it to a shade tree mechanic while it's under warranty. We take it to Garrett, and we take it to Joey, and we say, you guys, can you fix our problems? We take it to the dealership we bought it for, and we let them handle the problems, and we let them fix all the things that, that are on the problems. We even let them change the oil, and we, we do all that. And, 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 and so we take it to the dealership. We take it to the maker. We take it to the creator of the vehicle, and we let them handle the issues. Now, I've got good news for you, church, this morning is that you're still under warranty. It's not a five-year, 50,000-mile warranty, but the creator has given you a warranty that lasts a lifetime, that you can come to, to him with your issues. You can come to him with your struggles. You can come to God with your problems. Please guess, guess what? The creator, the maker of heaven and the earth, the one who breathed life into you, the one who said, let there be light, and then there was light, guess what? He can help you. The one who created the sun, the moon, and the stars can help you. The one who created the birds in the air and the fish in the sea, guess what? He can help you. The one who made man in his own image can help you. The creator can help you. Why is it that we run into problems in our life that we go to somebody else instead of God? Don Stamps writes this in the Fire Bible. He says, we must never view family, friends, or wealth as our main source of help in this life. That position belongs to God. He's the only complete source for meeting our needs physically and spiritually. We must trust in him with all of our hearts and depend on him for mercy and help in our time of need. See, God has the insight to know what needs to be done. He has the insight. He knows what needs to be done. He has the power to accomplish the work. We can look to all sorts of things to solve our problems, but the only one who can truly understand us and, and understand what's really going on in our life is God, the creator. So what does the creator do? The first thing he does there, I want you to write this down, is that he keeps watch. Look at this. He will not let you stumble the one who watches, if you want to circle that or underline that, the one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. God watches over you. That word means to keep, to watch over, to guard. One of my favorite stories, a preacher illustration, if you will, said late one night there was a, a burglar breaks into this house and he thought it was empty. He tiptoes in the living room, but suddenly he freezes in his tracks when he hears this loud voice that says, Jesus is watching you. Silence return. The burglar creeps forward just a little bit more and he hears again, Jesus is watching you. And the voice just booms out loud. The burglar stops dead in his tracks. He's frightened. Frantically, he looks around the room, and in the dark corner, he spots a bird in a cage. In the cage was a parrot. And he asked the parrot, was that you that said Jesus is watching me? Yes, said the parrot. And the burglar breathed the sigh of relief. And so he asked the parrot, he said, what's your name? And the parrot said, it's Clarence. The burglar says, that's a dumb name. I can't believe somebody would name their bird Clarence. What idiot named you Clarence? And the parrot said, the same idiot 
who named the Rottweiler Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is watching us. No, he's not a Rottweiler, but he's the creator of heaven and earth. He's our maker. He's our helper. And what we go through, get this church, it's not surprising to God. What you deal with may be a surprise to you in your life, but it's not a surprise to Jesus. He sees it. He sees the good things. He sees the bad things. He sees us when we cry. He sees us when we're laughing. He sees us when we celebrate, and he sees us when we feel defeated. He's there at the pinnacle moments of our life, and he's walking us through the valley of the shadow of death when we're in the darkness there. He's watching. He's watching over us. He never sleeps, and he never slumbers. He doesn't fall down on the job. Psalm 1 verse 6 says, For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked, it leads to destruction. So the Lord watches, the Creator watches, but the Creator, wipe this down, is present. I love this. In verse 5 it says, The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day or the, nor the moon at night. It says the Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. Last summer was our first summer that Kenzie played golf tournaments in, in, in the summer. She usually plays in the spring and she play, plays in the fall when it's cooler. And so last summer we put her in some summer golf tournaments. And I tell you, we went down to Nacogdoches and it was hot. It was hot, and it was humid. Now, I have the advantage that I get to ride around in a golf cart, but in her tournament, she has to push her golf cart, her little push cart, and push her clubs around and walk all 18 holes, which is usually about four, four and a half miles while she's playing golf. I like recreational golf, where I get to sit in the cart and have my Coke Zero, have a bottle of water, have some snacks, and, and uh, jump out of the shade and hit and jump back in. She has an umbrella that she can put on her cart. But this tournament was too windy for it. It's hot. And so I told her, I said, listen, if you're going to make it through this, it's a hill, if, if you ever played Woodland Hills in Nacogdoches, it's a, it's a very hilly course. In fact, I forgot how hilly it was because I've never walked it before. I've only ridden in a cart. And uh, I said to her, I said, Kenzie, if you're going to make it all 18 holes, you're going to have to find some shade. Every time when you tee off, I want you to walk the edges of the course because then you can stay in the shade. So she did. She walked the edges of the course. She stayed in the shade because here's the reality about trees. They don't follow us to give us shade. They're fixed. But God is different. I want you to catch this this morning. It's good. He brings the shade with him. He brings the protection with him. It says the Lord is right beside me. His shadow provides protection for my life. He not only watches over me, but he is with me. Psalm 63, 7 says, because you are my helper, I sing for joy in what? I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Pastor, then why don't I feel him or his presence like I do at times or like when I'm at church? See, God is with us all the time. 
There are times, though, when we feel his presence, when his presence is manifest, if you will. Sometimes it's when we are gathered worshiping him and and you can feel his presence. Other times it's in our pain. It's in our pain. It's in those moments where God sees us and he he reaches down. C.S. Lewis stated like this. He says, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciousness, but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. See, there's no moment when we feel the presence of God because we're walking through the valley. We're, we're, We're knee buckled. We're down and God is right there. He's protecting us. He's got his wings spread and he says, listen. Listen, I'm right here with you. I'm right beside you. The creator is here with you. God is with us. There are times when we feel the presence. I love Psalm 23, 4. I've I've referenced it so many times this morning. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are what? Close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. See, we can be certain that no matter what we are going through in life, that Emmanuel, that God is with us. He's still the God that is with us. So the creator is present and the creator keeps us. Look at verse seven. It says, the Lord keeps you from all harm. Circle that word keeper, underline it there. And watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. What does that mean that God keeps us? The word keep means he protects So does this mean that bad things never happen to us? I played offensive line. I know uh, you guys look at this and go, wow, you were athletic. Listen, I went to a 2A school. Everybody got to do everything. I was on the tennis team. I was on the track team. You know, about the only thing I got cut from was the basketball team, and that was because there was only 12 uniforms, okay? I mean, that, that, that was it. We got to do everything. So I I was on the offensive line. My job was to protect the quarterback, right? But I can tell you, anybody, Garrett, I know you played offensive line. We didn't bat a 1,000. We didn't all, you know, sometimes things got in and the quarterback got hit. There was one quarterback that we let him get hit a few times, teach him a little lesson, so he quit mouthing at us in the huddle, and then the coach put a different quarterback in that we liked, and we protected him better. Just being honest, I was 15 at the time. Don't judge me, okay? (laughs) God is not your offensive lineman. He's He's not going to prevent bad things from happening to you all the time. Paul was jailed. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. David was run out of town by his own son. John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. There's going to be times in life. In fact, one of Jesus' last words to, to his disciples in John 16, 33, he says, in this world you will have trouble. He said, you're going to have it. In the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says, uh, this passage, it says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. One commentator wrote it like this. He says, verse 7 and 8 show us that God does not merely protect us from physical evil. He also protects us from personal evil. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. But what does this mean? No sickness, no suffering, no sorrow. The psalmist replies, He shall preserve your soul. No sin, no attack from the devil, no evil can take 
us away from him. I want you to understand something. You may be walking through a valley right now. Nothing can snatch you out of the hands of God. His love is constant. His presence is unfailing. He guards us to eternity. Thus, he keeps us as we go out and come in. Every departure and arrival is monitored by him. But how long will this be? The psalmist answers, from this time forth and even forevermore. Starting now and throughout eternity, this is the help we need. And this is the help we get. God keeps us. So when Jesus died on the cross and rose again. He took the power of death, hell, and the grave. And once for all time, he paid the penalty for our sin so that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When you're walking through that rough time, when you're walking through that valley, when you're walking through that moment in life when you think, God, can I even get through this? See, there are songs that need a sequel. And there are messages that need a sequel. And I can't tell you how many times this last week that I personally preached last Sunday's message to myself again. I can't tell you how many times I quoted Psalm 121 I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the maker, the creator of heaven and earth. And through the noise of this week, there was a random song that caught my attention. It's called Firm Foundation. It's by Cody Carnes and Maverick City Music. And I was just listening to it. And I was just just walking and, and just saying, God, you know, I need your help. I need you to walk with me right now. And the second verse of this song just jumped out at me. I've heard it before. I've listened to it many times, and I've sung it in worships at conferences and things like that, although we haven't sung it here up until this morning we're about to. But I want you to, get, I want you to hear this. It says, I, I still got joy in chaos. I love this line. I've got peace that makes no sense. I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength because I've built my life on Jesus, and he's never let me down. He's faithful. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? And they answer that question. They say, he won't. Church, God will not fail you. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never fails us. When the storms of life come, when an F1 tornado blows through your town, when things are going all haywire and crazy, when there's issues at your workplace, when there's problems with your family, when all junk is breaking loose in your life, let me give you some good news. My God doesn't fail you. My God is right there beside you. He's watching you. He's keeping watch over your life life. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's not, he's not away from you. He's right there beside you. I've got good news. I've got hope for you this morning. God won't. He won't fail you. Would you stand with me today? Would you give God a proper praise in this place today? Come on, would somebody thank God for his word? Would somebody give him praise? Would somebody lift up their voice to him today? God won't fail us. God won't forsake us. God won't fail us today. Father, we bless your name. Come on, church, let's worship him this morning. 
Let's worship him this morning. He's the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. God, we bless your name. Oh, we bless your name. God, we bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what's our response? What's our response to him today? Our response to him is lean in on him. It's to say, God, I need you. I need to feel your presence. Maybe you can't feel his presence, but you can just rest assured and say, God, I know that you're with me. I know that you keep watch over me. I know that you're not sleeping and you're not slumbering. Because I got joy in chaos. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful in every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. Christ is my firm foundation. Come on, sing it with us. The rock on which I stand, with everything around me shaking. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus.
This morning, church, do you believe that? Is he your firm foundation? Is he the rock on which you stand? Hallelujah. See, I just came by this morning to encourage you. I came by this morning to give you hope today that you're not alone in this race. You're not alone in the trouble in your life. You're not alone with what you're going through today. If you're in this room or you're watching online today, he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He is right here beside you. See, I can't leave this moment without standing in the gap with some of you today. 
you've walked in here today and I've been I've been speaking to you this morning. You know it in your head, but you're questioning it in your heart. And you need the reminder from God's word today that He's right here with you. You heard it last week and you you even you even contemplated this week, but you needed the sequel today on your mixtape. You needed God to remind you today that He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the manufacturer, and you're under warranty today, child of God. You're under warranty. He won't leave you, and he won't forsake you. I've got good news for you today. The presence of the Lord is here. So I'm going to invite you today to come and bring your trouble to the Lord. See, last week it said, verse 1, I took my trouble to the Lord. He heard my prayer, and he answered Reminded me of this. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Come on, you know that one. Sing it with me. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord. took my trouble to the Lord. He heard my prayer and he answered. So this morning, as Tisha begins to play and sing whatever the Lord lays on her heart this morning, I'm going to invite you to meet me at this altar. If you're watching online, would you put a would you put a, a comment there so Pastor Ben can pray with you? Would you send an email to prayer at hopefamily.tv? But as she begins to sing this morning, if you've got any, in fact, heads bowed, eyes closed this morning. You say, Pastor, I've got trouble. I've got problems. I've got situations, and I need to know that God's right beside me. I need to know that he won't fail me now. I need somebody to stand in the gap with me today in this place. If that's you, when I say three this morning, would you raise your hand? Would you allow me to pray a prayer of faith with you? Would you allow me to believe God on your behalf this morning? If that's you, when I say three, would you respond to God this morning? a lifted hand or with an email or with a comment on the comment section. When I say three, I want you to respond to God. If you've got trouble and you've got problems, you've got situations, and you need God to work on your behalf, would you raise your hand and respond to God when I say three? One, two, three. Anybody? Yes, 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 yes. I've got things going on in my life right now, and I need God to help me. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing this morning, not just respond with a raised hand, but I want you to get out from where you're standing this morning. I want you to come meet me at this altar. I want you to let me pray a prayer of faith with you today and believe God on your behalf this morning. Come on, begin to move this morning as Tisha begins to sing.